Today, we introduce something new to the Sean Miller podcast, and that is the OKG series. As you've seen throughout the Sean Miller podcast, you know what OKG means, our kind of guy. It's the type of player that Sean Miller likes to recruit, the type of player that he wants to play for him in a Xavier uniform. Paul Fritschner, Adam Baum here with me, and what we are doing over the course of the next few weeks, months, and hopefully years, is taking a look back in time at former players that have played both for Sean and for other coaches at Xavier and what those players learned while in a Xavier uniform, the players that played for Sean, what they learned playing for him, and what it means to be an OKG. Yeah, and it's really a chance to catch up with these guys and see what they've been up to, what they've been doing. Um, the, the first few guests that we have lined up, they're going to be guys who are trying to play overseas, who are currently playing overseas. So you get a life update, you get kind of a look back in the past, and you get some aspirations for the future. These shows will feature just Adam and I talking to the player, mostly over a virtual format. They'll be shorter, maybe in the 10 to 15 minute range. And like Adam said, just a chance to catch up on where that player is in life, what it was like playing either at Xavier or at Arizona, if it's a former player for Sean that was a wildcat, and to just hear about their experiences, how they're doing right now, and again, just to learn something from them with the idea also being that some of these players may eventually be main guests on the Sean Miller podcast. Adam, this is a fun series. We've already recorded uh, one of these that you're going to see here in just a minute. And looking forward, this gives us an opportunity to really shed some light on the history of these players. Yeah, I get questions all the time. What, what's this guy up to? What's that guy up to? And this is an opportunity to, to go straight to the source and hear it from them. And I think it's cool to catch up with these guys, hear what they've been doing, and hear ultimately, like some of the guys that we're going to talk to, their basketball career is over. They've got, they've got real jobs. Maybe they've started their own business. So I think it's going to be cool to see the arc of their life and how it played out. If you want the OKG definition straight from Sean, you can go back to the Sean Miller Podcast YouTube page. There is a clip in the show clips playlist, just what is an OKG. You can listen to it there. But welcome to the OKG series. These are the types of players that fit us and the characteristics that allow them to be successful. OKGs our kind of guys. Paul Fritschner, Adam Baum, and our first guest of the OKG series, Jack Nunji. Jack, thank you for being the debut guest on this series. We wouldn't have wanted to start it any other way. It's great to talk to you. It's great to see you. You're playing overseas professionally right now in Italy, but after your career at both Iowa and Xavier, you did a lot in the college game, and now you're trying to experience that too in the professional game overseas. Great start to your professional career so far, and that's where I want to start with you, Jack, is just where you are, what you're doing, how you're doing, and how life is treating you right now. Yeah, so um, I'm living in, uh, I would say, it's called Scafati. Uh, Basket is the program that I'm a part of, um, but basically it's in the, the south of Italy, um, pretty much in a Pompeii area, you know, like the... Uh, the Pompeii ruins, Mount Vesuvius, that's all like right in my backyard. You know, I can see the mountain every morning when I drive to practice. And, um, it's, it's been a really, really cool experience. Uh, just being a part of it, you know, taking in the culture, 
Um, you know, Rome is just like an hour train ride away. And so I've gone there several times and um, just like the history and uh, just, you know, experiencing an, another culture has been a great, great so far. And what's, what was the process like, like, you know, your, your career ends at Xavier, you decide to, to go the overseas professional route and I, how prepared did you feel for this when it all unfolded? Like you, you know, you get off the plane and what's, what's it like to get acclimated and, you know, try to play this sport overseas? Like there, I have so many questions, everything from like, <laughs> does everyone on your team speak English? Does your coach speak English? Like who's helping you figure all this out? Uh, what, you know, I, I just threw a lot at you, but what's it been? Yeah. Like? Yeah. I mean, definitely. Um, you know, when I first, first got over here, I would say it took a good probably two, three weeks just to kind of get everything situated. You know, you're, I was coming into this, um, you know, they have everything taken care of. They get you an apartment, um, get you a car. I didn't have a car for a little bit, but, um, they get you a car so you can go wherever. And they, I mean, more than your life outside of basketball is pretty much taken care of, uh, just like having to adjust. There's so many things that you have to, um, like that you don't have available to you right away that you have just kind of have to figure out as you go. Um, within the team aspect, you know, our, uh, we have six Americans, six of our 12 guys are Americans. So our predominant language we speak is English. Um, our coach, he speaks English. Um, you know, I wouldn't say they're super fluent, but more than they can handle, um, you know, addressing you and understanding your situations, how to play basketball, you know, everything. So we pretty much speak English, which is, I think I got really lucky in that aspect. I don't know if there's only two Americans or three Americans on your team. It might be different, but, but for me, that's been um, one of the easier things to adjust to is just because it's English, it's really um, applicable to me. Had you been able to travel a lot overseas, Jack, before you went over to Italy to play professionally? I know some people that go over and play have experienced the world and, and gone out and seen a lot of things before. And some people, they go over to play professionally. That's the first time they get to experience international culture. Yeah, for me specifically, this is, I would only say my third or fourth time uh, leaving the country. Um, when I was at Iowa, we did a foreign tour uh, my freshman year, we went to like Italy, France, Germany. Um, but I would say that's even not really like comparable to like living here. You know, living here, you have to go to like the grocery store. You have to, um, there's a million things at, at my apartment that I had to get like utensils and everything for cooking. And so it's just more, um, you're just more immersed in it. You're like completely into it instead of just, you know, taking a day trip here to visit this place, to walk around, you eat out a lot, but you know, we don't really eat out a lot. So just living is like, I would say it's almost completely different than just like traveling. How would you describe the style of basketball that you're now currently playing compared to maybe college basketball, everything from how the game is played <clears throat> to, you know, the environments that you're playing in, you know, you're coming from a situation where, you know, 18 times at Centos every year, you got to play in front of 10,250 fans that were super into it. What, what's the style like? What's the environment like over there? Yeah. I mean, um, you know, I would say there's not as many people, um, you know, the arenas are a little bit smaller. 
Um, but like the fans are still like super passionate. Um, they're always up and yelling. I would say almost during the whole game, it's just like constant yelling. And uh, a lot of times I don't really know what they're saying, but like it's just a loud, <laughs> you're just immersed in it. And like, yeah, I would say just like the fans passion is still there. Um, like we, we played a rival school and they had this big like uh, tarp tent that they put up over like the, the big fan section. And it was like, this dude was holding like a head, like a chopped off head. And I was just like, <laughs> what is even that? And it's just a big rival, like, and then like the fans come in and they're all yelling at each other, just saying a bunch of stuff. Like the fans are definitely still passionate. And, um, I think that's been cool, even though it's not, you know, 10,000 every, every game, but you know, it's still loud arenas and, um, some wild stuff still just happens, you know? Have you run into or played against any players that you knew from back here at home? Uh-oh, oh, we lost him. Oh, no. There he is. He's back. You there? Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's been okay. several people. Um, like this one team, this, this, this team that I'm actually talking about with the decapitated head that I was holding. Uh, it's called Pistoia. We played them this week, and they have a couple Big East guys, um, Ryan Hawkins and and Charlie Moore. So those are guys who I played against when I was at Xavier. Um, I guess just more like you see people who, like you watched, I guess, kind of growing up um, that play for some different teams. I mean, obviously, most of them are a lot older. You know, I, I got pretty lucky to be in this situation. So I'm playing against guys who are five, six years older than me. Um, so it's more, you know, guys, but you don't really know them, but you've watched them play. So that's kind of how, how your relationship is with them, I guess. Jack, how does, how does the progression work over there? Like, a, are you over there on, you know, is this a one-year contract? Is it a multi-year contract? Are there opportunities within your contract to maybe move up a league? Can you be traded? You know, I think a lot of people might yeah. be curious about how international basketball works from that standpoint. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not like there's one, you know, set contract. Um, like me specifically, I'm, I've been on a one-year deal here. Um, but like I know a bunch of my teammates, like they, they can sign for one year. They can have a buyout in their contract so that, you know, if another team wants them, they can get bought out. I don't really think, you know, trades happen that much. Um, but I've known a couple uh, situations where like, a player would be on loan. So they were with one team, they weren't really playing, but then they can loan them to another team if the injury happens or something like that. Um, I know a couple other people, like they can sign like a, a one plus one, which means you have a one year and then you have an option for the next year if you want to uh, go forward with it. Um, but yeah, it's just really like, it depends on the situation, I feel like. Um, for me specifically, like, I signed this deal because like of the opportunity and then hopefully, you know, this can, you know, trampoline me into another situation where um, maybe I would sign for more years or I guess it's really just, you know, up to the opportunity, you know, whatever presents itself, what the team wants, if they want you for more than one year or if you want to stay there for more than one year. So it's really just kind of yeah. open-ended. Taking a look back at last year, Jack, what do you think when you remember your time under Sean Miller and being able to play in the NCAA tournament? And even before that, the game winning shot for you and the NIT and your experience at Xavier, but specifically as it relates to Sean Miller and what he 
instilled in you and that you've taken over here into into your professional career? What are some of the things that you really feel like stick out from playing under him? Yeah, I feel like it still is just like his, uh, his compassion for the game and um, you know, how he was really able to get like the most out of, out of me and our team and um, just like playing as hard as you can every time you're on the floor um, you know, understanding what the team needs and just playing like the team game and just like giving your all out effort. I feel like those are like the things like I think about almost every single day about like coach Miller last year, our, all of our staff last year, coach Kettler, like the, the lessons that they taught me last year about how to be like a professional more, you know, I feel like I would be a lot worse off if I hadn't been under them uh, going through this, this experience overseas. Now your, your brother is still on the team, Bob Nungy. Um, yeah. the only person who's ever declined an invitation to the Sean Miller podcast so far, <laughs> but, um, yeah. you know, so I think that probably makes it easier for you to stay on top of what's happening with the current team. How often are you trying to watch games and, and still be involved, even though you're, you're six hours different in in time zone wise. Yeah. I mean, definitely I, I follow the team, you know, I follow every game. Um, if it's a early game, that's like so perfect. Like they played against Providence, uh, this past weekend, I was able to watch that whole game. Um, some of the other games, you know, like if it's a weeknight, that's at like, I don't know, sometimes the game's at like two 30 my time. And like, yeah, we stay up late. Like, I feel like we, we stay up to like one, two sometimes, but like I have morning workouts at 8 a.m. the next day. And so that's not always the most ideal, you know, being a professional and all um, trying to rest my body. But uh, um, yeah, I mean, I, every morning, you know, if I'll wake up and just check the score, see how, see how they do, look at the highlights. Um, I'm trying to stay as, as much as I can, I guess, uh, follow it. So. When you look at the rotation of this year's team, Jack, I mean, so many new faces, 10 new faces on this team, three international players, but six freshmen. Um, but Des Claus really from the rotation, your connection to this team from last year, which is very weird to say. I know the transfer portal and you know everything else that has changed in the college basketball landscape has made it to where this isn't totally abnormal, but to have this many new faces and this few returning mm-hmm. minutes. Have you been able to to keep up with Des specifically, or I, I know maybe the connection between last year and and this year is not the same as it maybe normally would be. Yeah, I mean, I I've talked to you know Des several times, um, which I think he's really has stepped it up this past this past month. He's playing really well, and that's kind of why you're seeing you know the team is starting to take some strides in the right direction, um, but. Yeah, I feel like just just following them, you know, they're they're all still trying to to gel, and um, you know, until you go through some some battles, uh, some tough games, then you can really find out what what you're made of. And so I think those early early tests for them, you know, they'll they'll kind of reap the rewards as the season you know winds down. Jack, I think um, you know you being the first in this series, and a lot of people. You know, I think Xavier fans are probably going to know what OKG means. Um, our kind of guy. It's something that that Sean looks for in recruiting, and basically, it's like 
you know, we're not going to necessarily pay attention to the the ranking next to your name or, or this or that. We're looking for guys that are that are our kind of guys. And I think if you ask Sean, if you ask any of the assistants, you were a guy that more than fell into that category. What what does OKG mean to you? And what does it mean to to sort of be a part of everything that goes into that? Yeah, I think for for them, well, I guess for them and for me, an OKG is kind of like, I would say like an everyday guy. So maybe an EDG. There's another one. Um, an everyday guy, <laughs> someone who you know what you're going to get out of him every day, um, who's going to, you know, be at their best every day, be the same guy every day, um, always focused on the team, always focused on, you know, what can we do to improve, always trying to to learn from from everything that you learn through each and every day. And I think that, you know, that that was something that like, I feel like he didn't even really have to recruit me. I knew whenever they hired Sean Miller, like, I want to play for that guy. You know, I want to play for that coach and and experience him. And um, that's something I'm just I'm, I'm forever grateful for. Yeah, we were we were talking a little bit before this. And to wrap a bow on this, we really appreciate you coming on. You mentioned that your wife, Bree, has uh, she's become a connoisseur of Italian cuisine. She's been cooking up a storm over there. What What's your favorite meal that that Chef Bree has put together so far? Yeah, um, we have a. I would say we have like maybe like ten to fifteen different meals. They're not all all Italian, but um, she's definitely really became a professional in in that aspect. Uh, you know, like tonight we're gonna have some uh, some KFC uh, chicken bowls with you know, potatoes, some nuggets, uh, some corn, some gravy. Um, but like we've had some, some pasta fresca, which is like just pasta, chicken, spinach, tomatoes. Um, that's one thing over here. I've actually became a veggie guy. I eat more veggies than I did, you know, ever before, which I think is, has been good for my health. Um, she makes a really good vodka pasta with like pasta, um, tomato sauce, tomato paste, um, you know, she, she does, she makes all kinds of food and I'm just, I think she's great at it. So I love there you it. go. That's important. I'm trying to get Paul on the veggie train. It's a work in progress though. <laughs> it's very much a work in progress. Hey, Jack, any tips for getting your brother on the pod? Um, I, I don't know. That might be a lost cause for me. I, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's hard enough for, for me and me and Bree to, to try to get him on a FaceTime, you know, once a week. So a podcast, uh, you might have your work cut out for you on that one. Noted. Maybe we bring right. in like a, a video game system and set up Mario Kart and that that's how we get him. We just <laughs> let him play video games the whole time. <laughs> Competition. Jack, uh, we really appreciate you taking a few minutes here today to talk. Thanks so much. And best of luck uh, with the rest of your season uh, to you and Bree over there from us and from all the Xavier fans listening. We wish you all the best, man. Yeah. Thank you guys. Thanks for having me. Uh, this was, yep. this was awesome. And um, also just, you know, anytime you talk to someone in English, it's always a, a good reminder <laughs> of home. So yeah. 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 And you got to let us know when you make it back stateside, we'll get you on uh, the Sean Miller podcast. We'd love to see you. Of yeah. course, you know, I'll definitely right. be coming, coming to Cincinnati next summer. So awesome. Great. All right. See you, Jack. Thank yeah, you, Jack. You. These are the types of players that fit us and the characteristics that allow them to be successful. OKGs, okay, our kind of guys.